Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to VSC Season 3. Today's webinar will be a webinar focused on marketing. If you guys are new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. And we at Virtual Student Experiences want to be the inspiration for aspiration. Our goal is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in their career industry and interest in a friendly and casual setting. And if you're a student that knows what you want to do in the future, we at VSC want to encourage, allow, and connect you with professionals. Through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career choice fits their personality, skills, and really overall interests. Through VSC, you'll be able to hear from a wide variety of guests from a wide variety of seniority levels. And to find out more about our program, you can visit our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Our very special guest today is Mrs. Kelly Meager. Ms. Meager is a veteran marketer with a career spanning in tech, law, and healthcare, while focusing on brand marketing and a communication that supports strategic business and organizational goals with ongoing expertise in PR media relations. She specializes in creating compelling narratives that show the strength of companies and their brands. Working with and managing highly effective teams, she helps companies to get their story out into the community so it's heard and relieved. Kelly is com committed to easily understood customer member-centric communications and has worked for over 20 years to sharpen her skills and achieve excellence. We're very happy and honored to have you here today, Ms. Speaker. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, buddy, and just call me Kelly. <laughs> and just to start us off, can you tell us from, from your perspective, what is marketing and like, how did you get into that field? Yeah, so from my perspective, and you know, you can read a lot of academic definitions of what actually marketing is, but from my perspective, to put it in one sentence, marketing is telling a story that creates a demand for your product or service. So for example, um, and, and that ties into a lot of things like brand and all kinds of other things. And there's a lot of elements to marketing. So it's not just, um, you know, when people think about marketing, they think maybe about public relations mm -hmm. or they think about advertising or they think about, um, you know, reading a brochure or seeing, ad, you know, uh, like Google ads, et cetera. Right, but it's actually, there's a lot of different kinds of marketing, including marketing research, which is actually the science behind marketing, because marketing is really actually a very science and data-driven field, even though it seems very soft. It's often referred to as kind of a soft science, but I don't think that's accurate. Hmm. Interesting. And then I guess, can you tell us about how you got into marketing and where your passion for this field began? Sure. So I actually double majored in German and history. I had no idea I was going to go into marketing. I didn't even really know that it was a possibility. And then uh, as when I graduated from law school, I didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, excuse me, when I graduated from college, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I went to law school because that seemed like a thing that people from Punahou did. <laughs> and it, it and my parents were excited by it and I was good with languages so at Punahou I took French German and Chinese um, and 
I, like I said, in college, uh, German was one of my majors, but I didn't really know what to do with German and I didn't want to be a teacher. So um, I went to law school and I practiced law for a while. And then I realized that the part of law that I loved was actually telling a story to jurors. It was selling, because I was the prosecutor, it was selling my side of the story versus the defense attorney's side. Hmm. So what I decided to do was stop fighting with people all day, every day, right? Dealing with, you know, kind of bad people who did bad things to other people um, to stop doing that and to tell a story in a much more positive light. And that's why I decided I, I first went into public relations. So I did a lot of media relations for Microsoft. And then, um, and then I stopped doing PR and went into more marketing, which is more of the demand creation. I would say public relations is a little bit more both reactive and proactive in that you can tell a story ahead of time, but that's really dealing with the media by and large, right? Marketing is creating a demand that then sales fills. Very interesting. And I guess when you were trying to get into this um, field, were there any special requirements or steps that you had to take? You know, there aren't any in, in particular. I think that sometimes you'll see, especially when you're first starting out, so you know, you'll see, for example, people say, oh, well, we would like you to have an undergraduate degree in marketing. Certainly that can be very helpful, but that's nothing you can't learn later in life. Like I said, I didn't have an undergraduate degree in marketing, but what I found was that the willingness and ability to pick up um, language very quickly. And when I say language, I don't mean a foreign language. I mean a jargon. Every industry has its own kind of speak, right? Like we're used to medical talk. Right. We, we say things like, I don't know, gosh, name, you know, stat and things like that. But um, every industry has its own language. And if you can pick up that language pretty quickly, I wouldn't worry about doing an undergraduate degree in marketing. Um, it does make things a little bit easier in terms of getting your first job or two. But, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't find it a hindrance, especially having a law degree, by the way, really helped me. Interesting, interesting. And that, that's kind of a good segue into my next question is, what role does education play in your success? And really, how important is it to go to a name school or get really good grades? Right. Well, you know, Punahou prepared me so well for undergrad. And I did go to a very rigorous, I went to Middlebury College, so I went to a very rigorous under, undergrad. Um, I did not go to a name law school. I went to a regionally strong law school, Seattle University. Um, and that was because I, I wasn't totally sure I wanted to practice law. And um, I, I didn't really necessarily want to commit uh, to, to doing a, a name thing. Plus, I got a scholarship. So that never hurts anybody, right? <laughs> um, going to a name school, while helpful, is not the be all and end all, especially in an industry like marketing. If you were going to go, say, uh, to medical, you know, medical school, uh, other industries, law, um, if those are more important, go to, to name schools. If you were going to get an MBA, um, it might be a little bit more important to go to a name school, but for marketing, not as much. Very interesting. By the way, it would be useful to have an MBA in marketing. The only reason I haven't gone and gotten one is because my law degree for many employers suffices as an MBA. Interesting, interesting. Um, 
I guess in terms of lessons that you took away from your education as an undergrad or even in law school, can you speak about some of those lessons that you took away that have really helped you the most in your career? Sure. Well, for me, probably the most important thing is perseverance and not being afraid to try new things. Like I said before, you know, I didn't major in marketing. It's something I just fell into. And I've switched careers probably about three or four times in my life. I mean, I literally went from being a, a criminal prosecutor to working for a cultural clothing designer in marketing to working in healthcare and then to tech, you know, while I was at Microsoft. So I have done a bunch of different things in a bunch of different industries. And one of the things that you've got to remember is that you have a base skill set that can be um, leveraged to do almost anything that you want that's new. You just can't be afraid to try it. And I think Punahou and then a good undergrad will give you that kind of base foundation that you can go ahead and, um, and, and be adventurous and try something that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. And that also is a perfect segue into my next question, uh, which is in college, whether in undergrad or while you were at law school, can you talk about some of the things that really helped you prepare you for marketing, even though you didn't go to school for marketing? Mm -hmm. So it depends on what kind of marketing you want to get into. If you want to get into the more of the public relations side, I'd highly recommend doing some kind of rhetoric or debate or public speaking, some kind of activity or club or even major that assists you in understanding how to speak in public, because I don't think that's a skill that most of us are born with. Mm -hmm. That's a skill that most of us have to learn, right? And it's not very comfortable for most of us to speak in front of large groups of people, anything more than about five people. And I think most of us just want to pass out, right? When, when we're about to get up there. Um, in terms of marketing research, if that was something that you were interested in doing, I would look more towards quantitative um, classes. So the maths, the sciences, uh, those kinds of you know data, um, I think that would be really helpful. Now, especially, unlike when I was an undergrad, I really do think that you need a very firm grounding in tech. You know, Google Analytics, all that kind of digital marketing stuff right now, that's just table stakes. You're expected to be able to handle that kind of thing. So one of the things that I did was about five years ago, I actually got, my, I got a certificate in digital marketing from the University of Washington, whose lovely background is behind me. Um, in order to make sure that I had a very good grounding in what I was talking about and the people that I supervised, right? Because I have a team, say, of eight people, and some of them have the responsibility to do that digital marketing, but I need to know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. right? And so now there is no excuse not to understand digital marketing completely. And in fact, it probably would be the majority of your job as a marketer. Hmm, very interesting. And I know you talked about those those set of baseline skills and I guess, how should students who are developing people at a young age, what sort of things should they start to look to in, in terms of skills for developing at a young age? And mm -hmm. how exactly would they go about developing those skills? I think what you, I think a couple of things that are really important, focus on learning how to tell a story. 
what what does a brand story mean? Not like Little Red Riding Hood kind of story, but but actually that's not necessarily true. Every good story has a beginning and a middle and an end, right? And when you're marketing, what you're doing is telling the story of your product or service, right? So you move and, and there are lots of marketing terms. There's a funnel and there's all kinds of things, but basically what you're moving is from awareness of your product or service into consideration of your product and service, you know, evaluation, and then the sale, and then never forget retention because many people do forget retention and it's much cheaper to keep an existing customer than it is to go acquire a new one. Mm. So if, if I were starting out and I were young and I was at Punahou and I was thinking about, okay, marketing might be something that I'd be interested in. I'd take a look at, at any kinds of digital tech platforms that I could get my hands on. You know, you, you, it goes without saying that you have got to have Excel skills. You've got to have sort of the words week down. One thing that I do find that would be very helpful um, for people in marketing is if they did have some design skills. Mm. So I'm not sure whether Punaho offers those or not, but people who have cr a creative skill set, like are able to use Photoshop or InDesign in particular, um, other kinds of photo uh, editing or uh, uh, I would say what we would call asset creation, basically graphics, right? To create images, et cetera, or, or manipulate those images. That would be a really helpful skill set to acquire. In addition, if you can learn Google Analytics, Google AdWords, um, if you have a chance, and you probably can't do this at Punahou yet, Salesforce is a, a universal uh, platform that many big corporations use other you know companies use constant contact hubspot you know i'm just naming some companies that are in vogue right now of course that could change tomorrow right but if i were looking today about you know what kind of skills to acquire that might be what i'd try to learn and you can learn google analytics on your own and you can get certified in google analytics you know without taking that at point home i mean certainly google offers those courses online yeah yeah and that's really great. Thank you so much for that. I'm just focusing a little bit more in on your experience, I guess, pre-marketing. Can you talk about those previous roles and um, I guess how they helped you provide sort of a background for uh, your transition to your marketing career? Sure. So, you know, particularly uh, as a trial attorney, as I mentioned, I was a, a prosecuting attorney, right? So I was an assistant district attorney for King County, Washington. And one of the things that taught me to do was, um, you know, you, you'd think of it as just, okay, she's a lawyer and she's talking to a jury. But again, what that taught me to do was create a story, to take a set of facts, right? My, the criminal case. So X person is accused of doing something that's bad, right? And that person needs to be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. So what that taught me to do was take a set of facts, and spin those facts in the light most favorable to my side, which at the time was prosecuting. Now I did do a summer as a defense attorney and I was a terrible defense attorney. It's not, it's not in my DNA, but uh, many very talented people are defense attorneys and they do a great job. So law for me actually was very useful in that it taught me to tell a story. It taught me to talk to people in public 
without getting nervous. And it taught me, you know, people forget that you have to select juries and you have to ask them questions and you have to listen to their answers and you have to adjust your story based on the answers that you're hearing. So one of the things that I found very useful was the ability to react on my feet to new information. So if a witness changes his or her story or a juror all of a sudden says something you're not expecting, then you can literally say, okay, and you, you switch your story. In addition, law taught me negotiation with other attorneys. It taught me persuasion. Um, it didn't teach me to talk slower, which I need to do. <laughs> and I highly recommend if you go into PR. <laughs> uh, but law was a very useful um, industry for, for me to start in. It's not one I decided to pursue, um, but it, it is very useful. It does teach you how to think, which I think is, is very critical. Punahou teaches you, you know, it starts to teach you how to think, and then undergrad hopefully um, extends that, and then law school for me certainly uh, did. So I can look at a problem from all sides. Like I can say, now, what would be the objection to this? What would be the fear, why might someone not want to buy my product or service? What might their objection be? And if you can think of an, someone's objections, then you can think of a counter argument to them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Awesome, thank you so much for that. Can you sure. touch on um, your experience working at Primera Blue Cross and I guess what your role was there and sort of what your data look like, day to day look like? Yeah, so at Premier, I was in charge of our national accounts communications to their employees regarding their benefits. And so when you think about what benefits are, because when I was at Pornhub, I didn't know what benefits are. Mostly people think about health insurance, but there's also dental insurance. Um, there's a 401k. There's all kinds of different benefits that you get when you're out there in the workforce, right? That is part of what you're compensation package is. So not just your salary, but it actually has a monetary value. So at Premier Blue Cross, we were a Blue Cross Blue Shield company, which means we basically were, I don't want to say a health insurance company, but that's how most people would think of us. Mm -hmm. And so my, my clients were Microsoft, Starbucks, Alaska Airlines, um, Amazon, when they came on board. And what I did was I would work with uh, human resources at each of those companies to craft communication strategies and then the actual materials to communicate to their employees what their benefits were and then how to use them. So for example, how do you go get a doctor? What, how much is covered? How much will the plan pay for versus how much do you pay for? Those kinds of things. Um, also, as, as when I, after I left Primera, I worked at insurance brokerages and with other kinds of benefits. So think about pet insurance. Yes. Pet insurance is a thing now. People buy pet insurance, who knew? <laughs> so you can buy insurance for your pets. So your pet's like, you know, yearly physical is, uh, is already paid for. And if your pet gets sick, then you know, insurance will pay for part of that. That's a new thing, right? That wasn't even in existence, say 20 years ago. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is actually. Huh. I guess now that you have more experience, and uh, maybe can you touch on how, one of your most more recent roles in the marketing field, and I guess how that how marketing has changed since your early earlier roles in marketing. 
Yeah, you know, when I first began in marketing, um, marketing was very print driven. And when I say print driven, it means there were a lot of literally words on a piece of paper. You would get brochures. When you, you know, when you joined a company, you get a big folder full of stuff that you were supposed to read. Okay. And it was your responsibility to read it. And you would make decisions based on that. And you know what we realized over the years that people don't read. And when they do read, they read it about an eighth grade level, believe it or not. And, you know, Microsoft used to say, oh, you know, our people are really, really smart. You know, don't write it at an eighth grade level, write it at an 11th grade level. And we found out that they didn't understand. So <laughs> believe it or not, you can have people who in parts of their life are absolutely brilliant, but who actually don't understand your language. In my case, it was the language of health insurance, the language of employee benefits, because they're weird words. I mean, nobody uses phrases like health savings account in real life, right? Because that would be stupid, but <laughs> that's not English. But in my industry, we use that a lot. So I'd have to explain to people in very simple terms, what does that mean, right? With, and so that was back then, mm -hmm. forever and a day ago. But really now everything is online and everything is at, um, you need to be able to communicate information in a very short amount of space and people need to be able to find the information that they want at the exact moment they want it think about how frustrated you are if a company doesn't have a website or if their website is really slow or kludgy or you can't buy what you want when you want think about how frustrated you are with that experience right you hate that company then now you don't want to deal with them you don't want to do business with them you're like what what they're, they're just not with it Health insurance and um, insurance in general, employee benefits has really, how do I phrase this nicely? I guess I won't. It's been very slow to get, you know, catch up with the times. And so what we needed to do in those industries was make it a more of an Amazon shopping experience. You know, mm -hmm. you can literally put in a keyword and find the information that you want or the product that you want in Amazon super quickly, right? So when we think about, okay, how do I communicate to a Starbucks barista about his or her health insurance or where to go to get a massage or how much the company is going to pay for acupuncture? They need to be able to get that information when they want it, at the moment they want it. It needs to be very clear. And we as an industry needed to do a much better job. So I would say the industry has really changed over the last even 10 years from being very print oriented to being almost completely online now and almost completely keyword or data you know data driven interesting that, that very interesting i guess it's the transition from uh, physical material to online absolutely we rarely would print anything anymore and it would have to be a very old school client who and and i'll say generally it would have to be kind of a more old-fashioned ceo who would actually ask us to print anything because it just it's a waste of paper and it's a waste of ink people throw things you know if you know junk mail you know your family gets junk mail all the time right the voting things and the whatever and just stuff and you just throw it away you don't even look at it it's just stuck it's just paper it goes right in the waste basket 
Well, that's the problem with benefits information or printing things out. People forget about it immediately. What you have to do then is how do then you create a marketing campaign that reminds people that this, this information is out there and hits people at the time that they need that information. Because health insurance, uh, unlike many other products or services, you don't think about until you're really sick and you really need it. And then you may not be in the best mental or physical shape to go find that information. And in fact, it may not be you searching for it. It may be a family member or a spouse or a parent that's looking for that information for you, right? So they need to be able to use the system as well. And then complicate things with laws like HIPAA, right? So you have medical privacy laws. So who can access your information online and understand what your benefits are if we layer on medical health, you know, medical insurance and those kinds of privacy laws, how do we create a safe spot for you to access your information, but not put so many passwords in between you and that information that you forget all your passwords and you give up because, you know, you just don't want to deal with it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of complications in the area of health insurance, particularly medical, that aren't in other kinds of marketing more, you know, that's more product marketing or, you know, marketing books or coffee. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much again for that really great answer. Um, I guess in the time of the pandemic, um, obviously there's been so many different changes across many different industries, but more specifically, in marketing, can you speak about some of the changes and evolutions that you've seen since the beginning of the pandemic? Sure. Well, you know, it, it, I think it's intensified the push that was already there to move basically everything online. Again, moving really completely away from print now uh, into much more of an online space. And for example, when you take a client, say like Starbucks, when I first began with Starbucks, they wanted things printed, but there was in the employee break rooms or in the back there, there was literally a tiny bulletin board on which every single thing that the company had to communicate with the, uh, their partners, they don't call them employees, their partners with, had to be on that bulletin board. So there's not a lot of space, right? So you had to, you had to be very, very careful about how much you could talk about. But now when we're online, we can talk about a lot more. So I see an intensification of that kind of communication. And remember, Starbucks also had a very young partner population. Its employees are, are generally in their 20s, okay? If you get away from the corporate center. But other industries that have, quote, older unquote employees were a little bit more reluctant pre-pandemic to embrace uh, moving completely away from print. And I think now during now that the pandemic is hit and people are really working remotely, they're not gonna mail stuff to the home anymore. That's just too much post-it. It just costs too much money. And plus with everything that's going on with the post office right now, you're not necessarily sure whether it's even gonna get there, right? So it's so much easier to communicate online and people are getting a lot more comfortable communicating with their, employee, uh, with their company. So it's a two-way street, right? Employees are communicating with their bosses and their management, 
remotely and employers are communicating back to their employees remotely. So as comfort levels have risen during the pandemic and more and more people are working basically offsite, right? there's a higher level of comfort with accessing all kinds of information about your benefits and about what you need to know on any given day about how to do your job or how to take advantage of your benefits. Hmm. And I guess, do you see this move to online as a good thing? Or do you think that, uh, I guess, print, so-called print materials is a better way to market a message? No, that's a really good question. For me, I think online is the way to go. I think print is incredibly ineffective. I think it wastes money. I think, you know, you're, you're using uh, paper, you're having to pay postage. You've got to wait for a certain amount of time to see when it gets there because, you know, are you going to mail it first class mail or second class mail? And then you got to hope that all your people got it at the same time, right? Because if somebody gets it Tuesday and somebody gets it Wednesday and it's a timed message, then you really have to make sure if you're mailing things, that you give time for the brochure or whatever it is to get to your people on the East Coast versus your people in Hawaii, mm. right? And so you, you want it to all drop at the same time. Whereas if you're doing communication, you know, emails, texts, whatever you want online, um, you know, you know when it's gonna get there, right? Mm -hmm. It's gonna go out Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Hawaiian standard, super right? Everybody gets it at the same time. And there's, there's really no question, as long as you have good emails for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's really no question about whether it got there or not. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a really, really great insight. Thank you so much for that. Um, but almost just closing us off, can you maybe provide some suggestions or words, for wisdom, words of wisdom for students that are interested in getting into that marketing field? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think marketing is really fun, right? I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I love telling stories. I love explaining the value of products and services to people who may not be aware of those products and services. So I, I think if you feel like you want to tell a story or also if you're really interested in why people show you about behavior, right? What, and, and then how do you change your product based on what your data is telling you? So X amount of people will buy the product at this price versus Y amount of people who will buy it at another price. And then, okay, well, does this advertisement perform better than this advertisement? I mean, there's a whole bunch of research that you can do. So if that kind of thing is interesting to you, um, market research is a wonderful place to go. And it's really fun. I mean, you get a lot of really fun people. If you want to be less data-driven, although I think marketing is really moving more and more and more towards being very data-driven um, in a way that it wasn't, say, 20 years ago as much. I mean, it's always been data-driven to some extent, right? Focus groups, you, you test out messaging and advertising with smaller groups of people, if you're lucky, um, mm -hmm. before you do it, right? Um, if you're interested in that kind of thing, again, I think that becoming fluent in tech, right, and becoming proficient in the languages that, you know, are the platforms, right, so Salesforce or Google Analytics, those kinds of things would be the direction that I would focus on going in. And then it really couldn't hurt to, to be able to take rhetoric or to take communication classes. I'm not saying you have to major in communication. 
um, uh, major in what you want, mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of marketing. You can always do an MBA and in marketing later on, which I think would be a great idea. So um, it's a great industry in that you don't have to commit early to it, right? You don't, unlike med school, where you pretty much have to decide in undergrad, I'm going to go be a doctor and you have to take all the requisite courses for it. Right. And yeah. then you got to get into med school and then you got to do all those years, you know, with marketing, you can pretty much drop into it. I think it would be helpful to take some classes in it or, you know, kind of research it on the side, but you don't have to major in it in order to be very successful. Hmm. And once again, that's a perfect segue into my next question. So like, finally, what courses or clubs should students, do you think students should partake in? And I guess, what is the typical path that a successful marketing professional such as yourself takes? You know, I don't think there's a typical path. It really depends on where you go to undergrad. Mm -hmm. So um, for some folks, let's see, you know, I went to a liberal arts school, right? So we did not have, for example, at Middlebury, we did not have communication undergrads or business undergrads, or even a marketing undergrad. We didn't, we didn't have that ability. So if you, if, which is not a problem. I mean, you can go to a liberal arts school and get an excellent education and be a very successful marketer. You can also go to a university and major in communication or rhetoric or philosophy um, or marketing or business and be a very successful marketer as well. What I would say though, is if you're thinking about, for example, more like high school debate would be an excellent um, area to get involved in anything having to do um, with talking to people with storytelling rhetoric anything like that would be I, I think a really useful training ground and also to see whether you're comfortable in it and whether you like it right um, but I think the most important thing is to remember that you can reinvent yourself at any time in your life that you don't have to major in what you do later on right Mm -hmm. I don't use German or history pretty much most days of my life, right? And yet I would, or even really my law degree. And yet I would say that that education that I received was a wonderful grounding and has really helped me become a successful marketer. So I don't regret that path at all. So I would say, um, don't be too down on yourself if you don't know what you want to do and experiment try different things because you know you can always do something new next year or the year after that yeah that's really great advice i i thank you so much for that great advice and really all the wonderful and amazing things that you've shared with students so far throughout um the past half hour that we've shared and yeah i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and chat with us here on bsc and um, really appreciate it sure thank you for inviting me Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a nice rest of your night. You too. Bye.